Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Hearty Dice Friends. My name's Gron Howitt, this is Chris Taylor, and we're ready to get balls deep into some role-playing advice. Oh yeah. Oh baby, we're balls deep into something. We're, we're balls, balls deep, deep into, into facts. Also you. The little side note, Chris and I used to have a band. And we were called we were called Jefferson Funk Railroad, and unlike many other bands, we didn't exist. Which is crucial for our success. Neither of us can play an instrument. I can sing a bit, but not enough. I can I can belt out noise on a harmonica. That's true. You can make that thing noise. I can make that thing sing, but it's not a good song. Like it's a bit like a bit like like the, the, the way that people might say he can make his guitar cry. He can be like uh, like oh she makes the violin weep. You make the harmonica weep, but for all the wrong reasons. Yep. Like someone trapped in a cellar might weep. It, it could be worse. I could sing. That's true. It's an interesting and unique experience hearing you sing. The point is, we wrote um, the the a song, and by wrote a song, it's uh, the song is called Balls Deep, and it's um, I'm balls deep into something, baby. I'm balls deep into you, which is and a song was, about being in love. And it was it was that era's greatest love ballad. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, by our by our group Jefferson Funk Railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we we were a, a prog funk um, post rock band. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we were too edgy to live. Yeah, and I'm too non-existent that, to die. I'm glad that we never, um, we never recorded an album together. It was probably for the best, because that let us design role-playing games together, and we're much better at that than we are singing, music, singing, dancing, mm-hmm. any sort of stage presence. Doing and on that, on that subject, I'd like to, um, I'd like to answer some questions, Chris. Let's do so that. Shall I, you shall, ask I ask, one, shall I ask you one of those one of those aforementioned questions? Yeah, slap one of those questions down on my chair and roll it around. I will. That poor chair. As a chin. player, I oh, chin. I had chair. <laughs> I'm sitting on the chair. Well, so's this question. Okay. As a player, how do I get over being anxious at the start of a new game or character and get involved from fear and mumbling in New Vegas? Ah, I see. Um. I think this this is one that you should take the lead on, Chris. Embrace the fear. Mm-hmm. Use it. Let it fuel you like a Sith Lord. <laughs> like the sort of Sith Lord he hides behind a sofa. Yep. The really timid Sith Lord. I think that there's there's a lot of performance anxiety around getting a character right, and the the biggest performance anxiety that I've ever felt was around a Dragonborn character I played in a fourth ed game. Uh, his name was oh, something Japanese. I, de- I, I decided that I wanted I wanted uh, Dragonborn, the dra- Dragonborn country or Dragonborn Wall, as we, we inevitably called it, Good to name. be Japanese. So I practiced my Mitsurugi accent, um, which I won't do now. No. And I also, uh, which a few years ago, so I thought that was okay. Um, I also like I went. I, I spent like half an hour, maybe an hour, going on the internet and looking up Japanese phrases that I could like could throw into conversation. Okay. I so I, thought, so I, I like wrote them down. I had like chotamata kudasai, which is like um, my apologies for my Japanese accent, but that means wait a minute um, or none of scar and that sort of thing. Um, um, and I sat down and I remember being really, really nervous about making it work because I was like, well, I had this guy all lined up in my head and he was like, he was like a, dis- a disgraced military captain and he, he, he was, he was a foreigner as well to the, to the region. And I remember I sat down and my accent lasted for all of half a sentence <laughs> before, for, before I was like, this is too stupid to continue. I can't do this. I can't make this happen. I I'm never very used, sorry, everyone. I never used a single bit of Japanese in the game. It never happened. And I think the reason why I was so nervous about that and why I wanted to do so much prep is because I had, like, I'd already written the character in my head. Yeah. I already knew what I thought he was going to be, the arcs I thought he was going, he was going to go through, and that meant that what I was nervous about is performing to that rather than rather than entering into a place where I was like, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, because I often find that I'm nervous when I'm worried about getting it wrong. That's but, fair. But if you can't, I think that's that's kind of what that's kind of what nerves are, in a way, is that it's, it's the fear of doing something incorrectly, and if you kind of understand if, if you if you attempt to wrap your brain around the idea that you can't do it incorrectly as long as you do it mm. then that that makes it a lot more interesting so I think that if I if, if I'd gone with he's from foreign he's a disgraced military captain and he really likes dogs yeah and then just wing the rest yeah and like cool I want to find a dog let's go hey, hey. um 
and you know maybe I could have a dog or something that's cool the, the, the point is that I wouldn't have been so nervous because I knew well whatever's happening going forwards I know that, that, that I'm going to do my best to make a good story out of this and as, as it turns out, like the other characters playing weren't hugely um, evocative, and we didn't really sort of it didn't really land very well, and the campaign sort of fell apart like wet bread. <laughs> um, I think I think one of the things you can do is rather than pushing for characterization and <coughs> and that sort of like like you looked up Japanese phrases, yeah, 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 is to is to choose. Okay, so I've got this this kind of character, disguised war hero, whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to push for a scene whereby they get in a fight because somebody mentions the war. Yes. And you can use that to kind of focus your anxiety. Yeah. And give you a an end point. Yeah, like, like, uh, scene framing. Yeah, yes, yeah. but it's... Story f- f- for me, it's, it's not about the story necessarily, but it's about mm. what do I do when I'm anxious. Yes, I see. Um, I need to be able to back up that and go, okay, so I've got a single goal, which is to mm. try and prompt a scene whereby I get angry at somebody for this. Yeah. So you're like, uh, waiting, maybe if I angle this way, <laughs> maybe if I do that, and yeah, right, yeah. I could be livid at this person. Yeah. And I think like there's some there's some there's some tricky role playing stuff that comes out around that because at that point like you that you have to sort of you haven't told anyone what you're doing. And you're sort yeah. of angling towards them. But I think like maybe like talk, like talking to the GM beforehand and saying, actually, I'd really like this to happen. I mean, also talking to Jim and going, actually, I'm a little bit anxious about this character. Yeah, or, or, or about meeting this new group or what have you. Like yeah. I, 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 I ship bricks before I begin my run. Yeah. Um, except like I think I'm generally okay if I'm running out my house and I know the group. But if it's a new group or I'm running at a con, I get proper nervous. And like I haven't run a bad game in, in quite a while, honestly. Um, I know what I'm doing now, but. Yeah. There's still that fear. Yeah, I've had a lot of practice. There's still that fear of going in and being like, oh, "What if I do it wrong? What, what if? What if they don't like me?" And like, you can't really do it wrong as long as you listen to what people say and go with things. And I think like the the point I was the point I was going for with um with like keeping it broad and keeping it vague is is be open, be open to suggestions, and rather and like I found that trying to intuit what the plot is and then running at that as hard as I can means that story starts to happen to me. Yeah. And that means that I can I can get a bit more comfortable and, and fathom out what my new character is and what that happens. Um, I think also, like, with, a, with any role-playing game question which involves social uh, interaction is just to talk to people. Yeah, and which, say, which does admittedly bring with it its own... Special anxieties. I, I shouldn't say just to talk to people. Talking to people is terrifying, which is, try, which is why I try to avoid doing it at all times. Yeah. Um, but that's why what we do is we record us talking and then give it to people rather than (laughs) actually directly talking to people because that's awful oh my god it's it's, it's so stressful you might say the wrong thing exactly Um, whereas here we can edit it out but being able to say um, um, like I'm I'm excited about this character I've got some ideas for this I'm interested in seeing what sort of what sort of uh, role play we can have together with this can we can we play that out and chatting out of character um, means people aren't trying to second guess you, and if they're not comfortable with you chatting out a character, they can fucking do one. Yeah, that's my advice. The next question comes in from Guybrush, and Guybrush asks, and we're gonna have to break the non-accent rule for this. Okay, one. is there any accent you can give dwarfs that dwarves that isn't Scottish? Uh, yes. Deep Southern American, but like growling. Yeah. Because I'm used to all my deep, deep southern being up here. Oh, why, why, sir? Why, sir? There you go. Well, it looks like you walked into the wrong mine, boy. Raising horses in the mines. (laughs) They'll be hitting their heads off the roofs. Maybe we shouldn't have chosen the Derby to be run down here. There's rich seam of gold in there, and the horses just can't get it out. They're chewing on it with their teeth. Every single horse, every single horse. Oh my god! Every single uh, dwarf is Tom White. <laughs> Was mining one day with my eye patch and half a leg. This reminds me of a lady I met down in Old Carrack Doom. <laughs> she had the most beard as long singer. as her feet. <laughs> Two eyes in each socket. <laughs> and an eye patch over three. Um, 
I think you can also do Northern Dwarves. Northern Dwarves from Karak Hearn. Like, oh, in, Shadow, yeah, like in Shadows of the Horned Rat. Do you remember <laughs> that role-playing they game? They were Northern Dwarves, but that oh, was okay. Maybe softer. Oh, no. It's oh, no. Ahead. My it... entire race is dying out from lack of infrastructure. Oh, you would have thought that would have been crucial for the dwarves. Oh, no. My dark vision stopped working. <laughs> Open your eyes. Oh no, we've lost all the horses down the gold mine. Again? Whingy northern dwarfs. <laughs> it's raining and I'm upset. I'm very tired. I think or so also, sure. I think, like, because like, dwarves suggest... I mean, you can also have, like, Scandinavian dwarves. Yep. Um, which is kind of where they're from, I guess. Or, like, German? I don't know. I, I, like, I like Scandinavian I can't. I really can't do a Scandinavian accent. Like I, I can do a bad Northern accent. I don't even know how to approach a Scandinavian accent. Like German, then. The German dwarves are very. I suppose they're very measured in their speech, and they are. I can't imagine a short German. Is that weird? <laughs> no, I, I. I can't either. Well, the Germans I'm imagining are very tall and very. I guess because I learned my uh, my German accent from World War Two films. <laughs> Because they're all tall Nazis wearing impeccable dress uniform. Yeah, unfortunately mine were also learnt there, but there was like Gregory Peck playing the Englishman. <laughs> so they were very racist Germans. <laughs> um, if you can pull for Scandinavian accent, that'd be great. Um, and having like, sort of like, like, like the Viking yeah. style of dwarf. Um, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm figuring probably Europe or Europe adjacent. Yeah. Um, Perhaps Russian dwarves. A Russian dwarf. Once I had the great people, but my race has been in decline for many years. It took us too long to discover the tractor. We have dug too deep and doomed us all. But in a very real way, we were doomed from the start. Mainly due to the inclement weather. <laughs> Makes the mind very wit. <laughs> wit. Weird. I think my favourite bad Russian accent trick is to put wise in words where there shouldn't be wise. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Oh, Sergei, no. How about sexy Spanish dwarves? Oh, actually, you know, let's, let's not exoticise the Spanish. What about Spanish dwarves? Well, I mean, you can have a sexy English dwarves. Mm, hello. <laughs> How's everything going? Oh, I can barely fit into this armour. Because <laughs> it's tight, not because I'm, like, too big for it. I'm a fatty. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big rip. you know what dwarven bears I'd be well up for that yeah just co- like combining the dwarfs of culture or the dwarfs of the dwarf culture and the bears oh dwarves must be really into bears yeah because they're all like it's it's they're quite sturdy lads generally dwarves they're quite strong and broad I don't know I can see I can see a big market as it were in um, dwarven twinks oh just because mm. Because something like, different, the, the, exactly. They're traditionally large bearded gentlemen. I think. I think you just described several of the subplots in Dragon Age. That's entirely possible. Mm, I think. I think they're into that. But yeah, I, 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 I sort of like live. Mm. They couldn't shave though. That, that, that's 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 hundred percent. Dwarves can't shave. <laughs> but, I'm not you know, supporting can, dwarves not having beards. They can like tied up real tight and in just one single braid rather oh, they than could, the they could, they could they could like trim it into a, into a goatee perhaps or have it short they could cut the beard yes, but not, but not I, I don't want a clean faced dwarf what you've got there is a short person <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a fantasy race at that point you have to have a, a beard that goes down to your balls oh, that'd be great <laughs> next is the duck asks how does one make a compelling D&D one shot how does one make a decent first session for a D&D game so I think that you can do both in one go, mm-hmm. in that your first uh, session should feel like a one shot. In yes. a way, like yeah, a very like, like make a first session that is very enclosed and very one and done, like the opener of a James Bond film. Yeah, so that first off, people can go. I mean, it links back to the feeling nervous and about starting a new game and new mm. characters. If you know that the first one is fully enclosed. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, you've got an arc. You know, you've you've yeah. got a start and an end point, rather than just that feeling of well, this is going to go on forever. 
Starting off in Media Res is also a good one. Yep. Which I'll always recommend um, for one shots, especially for D and D. The other thing I'd recommend is um, playing stereotypes. Yeah. Um, like you can invert them for sure, but being able to say right, um, like rather than rather than creating a noble ancient order of paladins with all with all their all their, all their own traditions and like ah oh, well, there's some good ones, there's some bad ones. No, we're paladins and we're here to hit evil and be stupid. <laughs> Get out of the way. I've got to save everything. That's you know, and like. Like encourage players to play up to the stereotypes and encourage players to have kind of a daft time, yeah. because you can you can develop um what's the word subtlety later on. Yeah, that's one of the beauties of one shots. You can just mm. go at it super hard. The other thing I would recommend um, for D and D one shots is magic toys, like deck of many things. Is that what nah, you mean? Nah, more like um you have a hat and a cloak, and when you turn them inside out, they look like whatever outfit you want to wear. Oh, okay. And so, like, that, that doesn't... I don't think that necessarily exists in D&D terms. Um, and it doesn't have any sort of great mechanical benefit. But it means that that character can be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to go and disguise this. I'm going to play with this for a while. Roleplay hooks. Yeah, roleplay hooks. Um, and, like, sort of giving them the opportunity to have that have that emergent that emergent play from having the um, mechanics smashed together. Yeah. Like your, you, like, like, your horse is a robot. Yeah, go, whatever. Like, stuff doesn't really matter. Yeah, it functions exactly the same as a normal horse, but it talks in a robotic voice. Yeah, I like. Oh, ma- imagine a paladin with a robot horse. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. I think it's like, called Outlaw Star, isn't it? Oh, yeah, there's such a thing. Yeah, but like, did the horse talk in that? I don't know. Was, like, he didn't ride the horse. Wasn't the horse like his mate? I honestly don't know. Yeah, um, maybe thinking of something else. The I'm sure that I'm sure we'll get a correction in the Discord yeah, within like, twenty uh, minutes of this episode being released. Actually. <laughs> I think also um, goblins are fun. Always do goblins. Oh, never, never not goblins. And always first level. Do first level. Don't be scared of it. It's fun. Yeah, you it's can accelerate through the levels really quickly if you yeah. want. Goblins are great. Um, having a dragon nearby, even if it's not something that you fight directly, is good. Playing in a dungeon is good. Like again, just, just like giving the players what they want. They expect, like especially if you're playing with a new group, and especially if you sign up for D and D. You're not expecting like superlative storytelling. You're not expecting um, in-depth plots and character arcs. What you're expecting is to kill things and take their fucking shoes. Yeah, and like the fun elaborate D&D. mugging. Yeah, <laughs> elaborate fantasy mugging simulator. The fun bits of D and D aren't the bits where you use the rules. They're the bits where you just dick about in a fantasy realm, which you basically have control over. And so, yeah, like, um, he, 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 here's an idea, for example. A dragon has attacked the town. It's now fucked off, and the kobolds are coming in to pick up the bits. Fight off the, uh, fight off the kobolds, and discover the tunnels which they're coming from underneath the city. And um, go, uh, go in there and, and, and stop them from coming in any further. And fuck them up. Fuck them up good style. Unfortunately, the tunnels are all trapped because kobolds. So you get to see a dragon, except you don't fight it. But you can like rescue people from the dragon, stuff yep. like that. You can. You can you, still be big damn heroes, massive damn heroes, and you get to kill kobolds. But also, like, it's not. I think, and this is coming back into the invasive kobold stuff which we had um, last episode or the episode before. It's not. Um, we're going to go and we're going to we're going to go in here kill like, kill these things and take their stuff. Also, they happen to be the size and intelligence of children. <laughs> but more, these horrible creatures are coming here and dragging off all of our stuff and like killing our cows and dragging them down beneath the earth to eat. So at that point, you've got much more of a license to kill them yeah. and to do nasty things. In fact, that sounds like quite a fun game, which I'd like to play in. That and does sound pl- pretty good. And there's plenty of opportunities to have like, um, like turning to the ranger character and say, um, who who's the person who you? So like, you live in the woods, obviously, but who's the person you come to to get? provisions from who's the person you like in town aside from the adventuring party oh it's the barmaid cool okay she's being dragged down by kobolds go oh no that sort of th- you know um you can ask and asking players questions and using the answers is the most important gm tip yeah Any so thanks so another question here oh yeah and this has been asked literally minutes ago mm-hmm. by nexus as well but it's a super interesting question okay What's the hardest thing about designing a game? Probably working with Chris. Ouch. No, no, I, honestly, like, so, um, I'm not going to be mean about that. I really love working with you, Chris. You're my best friend and Thank an you. incredible work partner. Thank you for the wonderful relationship we have. That's awkward. 
Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> no, I mean, what is the hardest thing about Do you want me to go training? back to being mean again? No. <laughs> so, somewhere, somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, what is the hardest thing about designing a game for you? Playtesting. Playtesting is super difficult. It takes up a lot of time. And you have to, um, especially in the intermediate stages of a game, where you're like, I think this is the setting. We're this is the system we're sticking with. We just need to make sure if it works. You enter this nightmare realm, in which you're like, do I need to throw away everything I've written on, yeah. everything I've written? Um, do we need to destroy what we've done so far? And like to our credit, we've done that a couple of times. Yeah, we we have thrown out wholesale yeah. systems. But unfortunately, once you become committed, once you get the idea that that is a good idea, it becomes the easy solution to, like, oh, I'm not sure where this mechanic works. I see. Destroy the game! Go at it with hammers, shatter (laughs) it down, render it unto slop, and rebuild. Yeah, there's something quite um, old-school dictator about that. Yeah. Have the village destroyed. Ah, just kill them all. And so... Yeah, there's that for me. I think the other the other difficult part, the bit which I've been experiencing um, of late, is um, the doubt which comes once you release your game to the wider world. Yes, like, when I, when been, people like, get their hands on it, people get their hands on it, and I'm like, oh my god, does it suck? Does please our game suck? Have we managed to sucks. trick please everyone into it playing sucks. it? Well, that's the thing. If someone else says it sucks, I don't really give too much of a shit, honestly. But I'm watching them, and I'm like, oh, hang on, why isn't this game as perfect as all the other games out there? And the yeah. thing is, I'm like, no other game out there is perfect. But I'm reading things by reading, you know, games by designers that I really respect. And I'm like, oh man, that's so good. Why didn't we do that? And it's like, well, we made our own decisions. We're not idiots. We've written a game which we believe is good, and we, you know, we've shown our working a lot of the time as well. Yep. And we, like, the important thing is having the confidence to back yourself up with that, to be able to say, no, I, I, I think like we're not going to release a perfect game. We're going to release a game which is ready that we're proud of. Yeah. And that's the that's the challenge, I think. What about you, Chris? Well, as for actually the the design part, yeah. For me, it's it's something that we term sizzle. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we've written a rule mm-hmm. that is in setting, like like a character power. Mm-hmm. The we know the power works roughly, mm-hmm. and then what we do is we tend to put a little one sentence flare flair on it fluff like in character what this power does free of mechanics yep just little kapow and depending on the game either we're selling it to the to the player or we're describing what it does without them having to understand mechanics yep so it makes it an easier lead into the um to the power and i am <laughs> shit at sizzle <laughs> It's fantastic writing those with Chris because, like, I'm I'm all right. At it. You know, we get by, and like, and like, Chris says he's shit. He has some good ideas, but there's well, we always enter the um the bit of game design which I refer to as someone desperately guessing at catchphrase section. <laughs> there's, there was this, there was this show on English TV called Catchphrase a while ago, which I used to adore. Absolutely loved it. And oh, the why idea would you is not? that uh, it's, it's it's honest. It's a great idea for a TV show. Yeah. Um. And the idea is that you get um you get a like a, a computer generated or a cartoon um animation depicting a depicting a common phrase or saying, and you have to guess what the saying is, and generally have to guess it before the other person. And they had a final round where you had to sort of get get all the way across a bingo board to win to to win a prize, and that like, the other person wasn't playing. There's just a time limit, and so you'd get um Chris. Can you, can you just quickly describe an image for me, and I'll 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 try and I'll I'll, I'll play the role of someone playing the desperate catchphrase contestant. Okay, uh, it's a horse in a hat. Okay, um, don't put the hat before the horse. Um, there's a hat on that horse. Um, rather a horse than a hat. Uh, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make its hat. And they just start guessing nonsense phrases, and there's this real edge of desperation in their voice, where it's like. They know this isn't a phrase. They're we just know to this say isn't. it. Yeah, and Roy Walker would be like, "Oh, it's good, but it's not right. It's, <laughs> it's, just it's close, but it's not the one. Oh, it's not right. No, it's not. There's no horse in this hat. What are you talking about? Hats and uh, horses. A biopic. And <laughs> who stole my fucking hat? Was it that horse? <laughs> And so we enter that stage where it's just like, okay, so we have to write a power about spider wizards. 
Okay. And then they're from a matriarchal society. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, Mother of spiders. Um, the spider mum. Um, all the spiders are coming out of me. Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spider cam. Yeah. And that, that, that is very difficult right in that part, I will admit. I, do, I, do, I love so Sizzle, though. I oh, yeah, yeah. And it, and it does so much for the game. I see, I'm just mm. so bad at it. Like, it does a D8. A D8. It does D8 damage. <laughs> can, can we have that, please? <laughs> That's Give me this. Right. The, like, the, the, the thing which I get quite um, frustrated about with Sizzle is not making it too limiting. Yes. Um, because once you start describing what a power does, then you start saying how it can be and how it can't be used, and you also start, start saying things about the character. And you have to be very careful not not to communicate things about the character which shut off um, avenues of play. Yeah, which I find is difficult. But I do have time for it. I like that. Yeah. Um, ask me a question. You want another one? I want another one. I'll give you another one. How do you handle organisations that players take control of? By Zimrilim? 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 Who is clearly a wizard? <laughs> Maybe one of these organisations. I. Mm, it's tricky. I think that the like the most important thing to realise in almost any role playing game is that people care about other people. Yep. Um, and if you give them anything else to do, you are a chump and a rube. <laughs> wow. Perhaps a grade A pony, a joker, perhaps. Jeez, this is um, getting hard and heavy. I'm sorry. The point is, people care about other people. So rather than having, here's the organisation, you have to give the organisation faces. You have to give the organisation people who you can talk to and meet. This is or, Clive. He's in accounts. Yeah, precisely. But, like, I can't, I can't interact with it. With, with, all, all an organisation is is a series of people linked together through culture. Yeah. And a hierarchical support structure. Or whatever sort of, you know, inf- uh, formal or informal management structure the thing has. And so, giving them someone to interact with is super important and crucial. And like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be someone. It doesn't have to be Clive from accounts who they go and chat to. It doesn't even have to be a contact. But it can be like um, the Overlord who 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 talks. But well, what's the name of the guy we, we we had in our Unbound sci-fi campaign? The iconic Captain Drac Hacksmash. Drac Hacksmash. Not a captain. <laughs> no, the only man ever who demolished a star system for a car park. <laughs> And like Drac Smash was as anti ecological as you can be and wanted to destroy star systems in, in, in after profit and smoked big cigars and did lots of appearing on TV and he was this larger than life character and I, I really liked Drac Smash from a Drac from a character wonderful. point of view. Um and so Drac Smash represented the organization. Um who you had and so like it like the organization at that point would probably be a load of masked goons. Some deconstruction works. Sorry, uh, sorry, destruction workers. Yeah, and and Drac Smash on TV, and it's like the sort of thing where you'd have Drac Smash on appearing on little TVs on the work sites, asking questions. Like he would clearly be too busy. There's probably about eight of him, <laughs> just cloned, all plugging, in, all plugged into TV screens, talking to everyone all the time. And that meant that you we managed to like you take the ideals of the business and make them people. Um, I think the other thing as well is it also it also means you can have alternate viewpoints within the organisation. So you can have one person who is a definite company man and one person who is actually not really feeling the company too much at the moment, and they don't agree with these on, things on account of all the evil. On account of all the evil, and you put them both forward, and then it's like so that, like it shows that the there there are there are different facets to the organisation. But how do you then take that humanised situation? Mm-hmm. And make it as something that the players are in control of. So those are the NPCs which you put in the situation, and rather than I mean, so, I mean, it depends on how much detail you want to go into. But rather than saying like, um, uh, I want my I want my guys to try and earn me some money this week from smuggling operations, um, you have you play a little scene where the the chief of your smugglers, um, uh, Burns McKenzie, uh, comes. <laughs> you know, foul Dax Smash. <laughs> Hack Drag Smash. Um, Burns McKenzie walks in and he's like, "Oh, listen, I've got some, got some, got some moody, uh, moody space wes. I stole <laughs> off this convoy. Are you interested in getting some?" 
and having the capacity to have like t- to talk to a person means that people have problems and people are interesting. It doesn't have to be a full scene you play out, but at that point, rather than saying you get a report saying that there are problems uh, with this with this uh, load of moody space whiz that um, that Burnsy has pulled in, you, you have, have Burnsy. Yeah, you have earned eleven GP rather than twelve GP. Yeah, which isn't hugely exciting. Um, also, it means that when problems arise, that it can feel more interesting and more natural, rather than oh, well, the GM's just punishing us for having too much stuff. Yeah, Burnsy is clearly a shady character who um, probably has a lot of the moody whiz in his living room. Yeah, and is and is not only selling it to you as your boss, but is selling it probably to your main competitor as well. Yeah. And that and that's an interesting story to play out at that point, and so like I mean I think everything in a role playing game should push towards story, and if you can push you know organizations towards story, that's cool too. I think also um, the way the way in which like fate does it and the way in which we do it inspire is to they're basically a sawn off character which works who works on a different scale. Yeah. Um, so you. You figure like what's it like? You, you always roll one dice. You roll one dice if it's nearby, and one dice if it's stuff they're good at. You're, and so, like the most you'll ever roll is three dice, and you treat it as an action. Yep, let's super simple. Yeah, let's go at it. Um, fate works by uh, anything can be a character, so you give anything aspects, and then you can do it in that way. But I, I honestly, I'm not a huge fan of fate these days. I feel, I, I feel the fate point system takes me out of the um, narrative too much. I find that the more games I write, the less time I have for other games. <laughs> not, not as in like I don't have time for your shit. All oh, right, like okay. the less time I have, like the less yeah. hours. Yeah, to play other people's games because we've got to play our own games. Yeah, because you you end up you know so mired in playtesting. Like, or if I'm not playtesting, I'm not earning yeah. my money. Yeah, which is sad. So I do have a Blades in the Dark game coming up, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, that sounds quite cool. It does. Um, Zenton asks... Actually, uh, no, sorry, Zenton asks, why is it when I go to bed at 8pm, I'm up at 2am? Why is that? Well, because you need X hours sleep a night. So that's six hours, right? 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, yeah. So that's about how much sleep you need, right? Yeah, but I'd like to go to eight, bed at 8. Wake up what? at eight. Wake up at eight and be like refreshed and ready to deal the day. Right, rather than day. wake up at two and go, oh <laughs> shit. I don't know. I don't. Thankfully, I've never suffered from insomnia. Um, like seriously, I've suffered from jet lag a couple of times. Um, but uh, my my depression has never been one which has kept me up at night. Uh, no, I've had the the literally not going to sleep for two days. Yeah, insomnia, oh. which is not not fun. I don't think any kind of insomnia is fun. No, but there's there's oh, I just feel a bit crap, and then there's yeah. I'm seeing some shit. Yeah, I remember. I remember the first time I went. I went like a night without sleep, and yeah. okay, I came out to your house and complained at you. I think it 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 took you about twenty minutes to, just to be like, Grant, shut the fuck up. I haven't slept in a week. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, boy. You don't know. Yeah, but I um. Uh, I don't. I I don't really feel comfortable talking in this situation because I think like David Bedil, he 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 had this quote ages ago. Um, he, he was like, I, I, t- I tell people like I'm an insomniac, and they always say, "Oh, that's weird. I always sleep perfectly well," which is like which is like saying to someone, "I'm blind." Oh, that's weird. I have perfect vision. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not adding. I'm not adding anything to the conversation. <laughs> and you like him? He's uh, a yeah. funny gentleman. Yeah. I think it's because um, you need six hours of sleep, and I think you should start going to bed at midnight and then waking up at six. But then what do you do for those intervening hours? Well, that's that's you just you just described the question that life is, right? All we can do is wait until we die. It takes so long. We're not even allowed the mercy of death. God damn it! No, what you have to do is wait. And maybe try and enjoy yourself in the intervening period. Unfortunately, enjoying yourself costs money. And, and, and to get money, we have to do things we don't like. It's a genius system, really. Mm, it's brilliant. Until you have so much money, you get other people to do things you don't like for you. At which point, 
then you've then you've won. Yes. Thankfully, we have jobs that don't suck. Yeah, which does help a lot. Yeah, it does help a lot, but still, uh, we don't have much of the money. From the <laughs> <other> <laughs> uh, we've got one more question. We do have one more question. This is by Cleverest Pony Seventy. How clever is that pony? Do you reckon? Seventy. That's the IQ. Okay. Oh, well, that's pretty clever for a pony. For a pony, yeah. Yeah. Uh, off off Reddit. Mm-hmm. How do you make dragons cool again? Dragons aren't cool, right? Like dragons are cool. Who's the trendsetter who's saying dragons so last season? Dragons are fucking rad. They're giant lizards that can fly and they... all breathe fire, acid, lightning, smoke, whatever. They're delicious, according to last episode. Crucially, they have hordes. Both of kobolds and gold. Yep. Kobolds big, big on the dragon scene right now. You know what I want, Chris? What do you want, Grant? I want something in between kobolds and dragons that isn't dragonborn. So you want like an intermediate dragon, like a basilisk? No, I want like... Do you know what Croxagor are? The name rings a bell, but they're I from, don't know enough. They're, for, they're lizard men from Warhammer. Right. Um, or what are they called now? Fucking... Seraphon. Oh, lizard men. They're good at like yeah, they're, they're good aligned demons now. They're not lizard men. Oh, of course, troglodytes. Um, no. Uh, so croxigors are um giant motherfuckers who who used to like they're, they think of them like like lizardy ogres. Oh, okay. And you used to be able to put them in skink units. So skink units are like lizardy halflings. Got you. Um, and sauruses are like lizardy dudes. But Sauruses okay. always seemed a bit switched on, and I didn't really care for them. But Skinks are intelligent, but um, weak. And Croxigors are big, dumb brutes. And you stick Croxigors in Skink units, and they've got giant fucking bronze axes, and they sort of lumber forward and mash stuff up for the Skinks to finish off. Red. What I'm after, I think, is something... So, like, so like um, Kobolds are intelligent, but not especially strong. They're not threatening kobolds, you know. Like, like they can be scary with the traps, as we said in many episodes. But they're not—they're not physically imposing. It's not like, oh shit, it's a kobold. Yeah, you don't see one and go, "We're screwed." What I want is a cave troll. To I want a cave troll to the if, so if kobolds if, if if goblins are are kobolds, I want the cave troll equivalent. Okay, so. This, so I mean, there's, there are things that you can you can use as that. Things like the bullet. Well, I want it to be draconic in nature as well. It's a good thing because I can definitely see the through line between kobolds, and that kobolds are maybe not quite as intelligent as humans are, but they kind of worship dragons. Yeah, they hang out near dragons. Like they're part of the whole dragon ecology thing. They work for dragons. That's really cool. I'd I, I like that almost like like a, like worker bees in a hive sort of thing. Yeah, I can dig that. That interests me. And I think the issue is there's nothing, there's no sort of intermediate thing. There's like basically you've got level one and level ten, but nothing in the middle. Okay, yeah. And so I'd like maybe some sort of um, big old dragon beast, like not quite. Like I'm imagining it's quite tubby. A dragon turtle. More like a cannon. <laughs> I want you to imagine, like, so it's um, it's got a it's a big sort of it's got it's got stubby it's got stubby legs like the sort of legs which weren't blessed with an overabundance of knee, yeah. And it's got it's 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 almost circular or oval shaped in nature. It's got a stubby tail and a big old mouth on it. And the kobolds sort of ride it into battle, uh, drag it along, drag it along tunnels, and then they poke it hard in the side, and it goes, Bleh! and it vomits up like a corridor of fire. <laughs> and deflates, and it's like, <gasps> and then it has to eat something before it can throw up again, like a kobold battering ram. Well, like a, yeah, like 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 a, like, a, like, a, like a cannon, like a um, yeah, like, like a battering. Ram. You can have different kinds of dragons, but like or, or or like or having like a like a like a an ogre, like a, like a really big dragon, like a, 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 a massive scaly kobold who's maybe like like they're big and rangy or they're cruel they haven't like lictors from 40k so they're sneaky and they want camouflage i want something in between in that in that ecology because i I don't feel there's anything like you're either massively outperforming or underperforming versus everything you're either stepping on kobold skeletons yeah or oh god it's a dragon right and like dragonborn just seem like people i don't see why why they'd hang out with dragons no, you know? it's true. Yeah, they're they're very much player characters. 
Yeah, they've got their own culture, and like we, I mean, like we, we could reimagine Dragonborn, but they, they they just seem different. They have different shape faces. That, that, that's that's what's throwing me off, Chris, because kobolds have little dragon faces. They do, and tiny, Dragonborn tiny, tiny have Dragonborn faces. faces. <laughs> <laughs> what I, you want is a big kobold, my friend. Like a big, a big rangy kobold who can uh, maybe cast some spells or can. Oh, hang on. What 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 if you had kobolds who had like the battle spasm from Slain? <laughs> So like they're um like they're called like dragon blood kobolds and mm-hmm. and like um they walk forward and like they they make a big entrance it's like and they walk in and they've got like the they've got the black um the black silk dressing gown on like a boxer coming in yeah and they walk in they throw it off and they're covered and they're still a little kobold they're covered in like runes and sigils um and doing then, sort of shadow boxing. Yeah, 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 shadowboxing. And then um, a kobold priest comes over, uh, like a, a dragon priest comes over, and like there's like there's like a there's a they get a dragon claw and plunge it into their chest, and they start spasming and changing and cracking, and then these massive fucking monsters who tear apart adventuring parties, because like they're channeling the power of a small dragon into an even smaller kobold. <laughs> and it's like it's like if... shaking up a can of Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. If the dragon blood survives the, the the encounter, it's viewed as a very good omen. I like but that. But they're not expected to because I think like, I, I kind of I, I just want I want something big and challenging to fight. But that's not how you make dragons cool again. That's how you make kobolds interesting. Yeah. That's how you make the ecology interesting. How you make dragons cool again is motorcycles, <laughs> sunglasses, the fonz, and smoking cigarettes. Always cool. Oh, it's always can a dragon smoke? Because they don't have lips, do they? <laughs> it's like this, a snake. Hmm, this doesn't work. Yeah, curse work. Um, I mean, actually, because dragons always speak very eloquently, so I'm assuming they have the ability to have lips. Yes. I've never I, like they never have a dragon come like come on screen. Like either dragons don't talk and they're like, Rawr! or the dragon comes on screen and it's not like, hello, I'm here to talk to you about a potential imperial. <laughs> Bow before me, mortals. They, they always sound very smooth and erudite. Very silken. Why would they be smooth and erudite? Why aren't they fucking idiots? They live in the woods. Hello! Hello! <laughs> I've been eating all your horses. <laughs> I'll leave one day. You never get... <laughs> Dragons are either unintelligent all very intelligent. There's never anything in the middle. Just like, hello, how's it going? You got any princesses? <laughs> I'm angry for princesses. Oh, I love them. They taste so delicious. <laughs> all, all the coins on his hoard are two pences. I don't think he knows. I don't think, I don't think he's aware. I am fully aware. I really love going on the pier and playing those <laughs> games where you push two pence in. <laughs> And the and the bottom bit, the bottom drawer moves in and out. That's right. I like the Tupney Falls. That's it. That's what they're called. Or Which is game. why I am here in Brighton, <laughs> layering beneath the pier. You, you, ever, you ever play on the uh, on the Tempany Falls? That's big money. On big Tempany money, Falls. especially when you get a big collapse. Oh, you know what? I've, I was never allowed to play them. Really? That's gambling. That is. Basically, yeah, but like, I, I, like Dad was always fine with me playing Tupney Falls, but I, I, I think like the time in my life where I was interested enough to play Tupney Falls, um, and the time where I was not aware that it was a huge amount of money to spend on Tempany Falls didn't intersect. <laughs> so I was all, Dad, can I play the Tempany Falls? No, don't, don't be an idiot, Grant. And then I've, I've now grown up and don't have any disposable income because <laughs> you spent it all on boots. Spent it all on delicious boots. So there is a lady. Okay. In, in Brighton, okay, whose life is the Tupney and Tempany Falls? Really, and she she has a bag, a collection okay. bag, yeah. like a like a messenger bag, right? And a small bowl which has pennies, t- two p's, and ten p's yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And what she does is she stands behind people for about ah, four hours, sense, yeah, just like watching, just staring, and then she'll walk along, and yeah. she'll walk along, and then she'll go, oh, they've gotten off, and she'll just put. 10p in yeah and then get and then she'll start opening her messenger bag <laughs> while it's going you know it's going down like the bagatelle board yeah yeah things the pachinko notches yeah and she'll start opening this clinking heavy messenger bag yeah 
And as it hits the bottom and all of the tempees spew out, she'll start picking them up and putting them in the messenger bag. That's, um... What you've got there is an Unknown Armies character, Chris. Yes! What you got there is a powerful <laughs> wizard. <laughs> Our Lady of Tuppence. Yeah. And she's she's really good at it, but she'll just yeah. sit behind you quite happily. Like, she yeah. will not ever go, can I have a go on that now? No, no, for sure. Like, what, like she's, like, it was, um... People used to do it on the, on the fruits as well, on the fruities. Yeah. Like on like watching for watching for like runs developing and watching for plants developing. And I think like they've they've changed them now, but it was po- it used to be possible to learn the um the the rhythm, which yes. they would pay out because it wasn't actually random. Um, but yeah, she she fascinates me. Mm, that's interesting. Um, how else can we make dragons cool? So I think crucially, the idea is that dragons are never ever uncool. No, dragons are literally the best thing, and they're in the name. Of the game that everyone plays, yeah, yeah, they're, they're crucial to the to the role playing game ecosystem. You know what itself. I, you know what I don't like. What do you not like? Dragons shape shifting into humanoid form. Ah, uh, yeah. Trying to have their cake and eat it. They mean to do that for hot dickens. So I thought you'd be down with that. Well, it's just like having sex with a human. Yawn. <laughs> you know this 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 podcast is about having sex with fantasy creatures, not fantasy creatures shape shifted into people with normal dicks. But if but if you are the the most fantastical of the fantastic, mm-hmm. maybe sometimes you just want some you know bread, like a no. boring food. Understandable. You just want to you just want a bony human. I understand that. However, that's not what I'm interested in talking about on this podcast. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Most of the time, when I bone down, it's with a human. Most of the time. I'd say over a hundred percent of the time, a human wow. is a human is at least involved. Okay, yeah. But I'm interested in discussing boning fantasy creatures, and if a dragon shapeshifts, that's just a dude. Yeah, which is a shame. I mean, like like a charismatic dude who's a wizard. Oh sure. I mean, you, you could probably ask him to cast Avar's black tentacles if that's what you're into. <laughs> As we know, some of our listeners are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm. I'd rather. I. I. I think I'd rather just make out with the dragon. Nah, it'd a kill dragon. me, wouldn't it? It would. Totally Maybe they me. could shapeshift into a slightly smaller dragon. Maybe they could shapeshift into just having a human mouth. Oh! <laughs> just imagine that the terrifying flat face. At least, at least they'd have lips. <laughs> now you know what. Actually, I don't want to make out with the dragon. I want to befriend the stupid dragon from before. Oh. I want the dragon to have St. Bernard-level intelligence. Huh? Hey? Huh? Horses? What's going on? But, like, it can, so it's, it's that intelligent, but it can talk and, like, do all, and like, do, do all the normal, like... Dragon stuff. Things. Dragon stuff. It, it, is, it, is, it has the intelligence and temperament of a big dog. And a big, friendly dog. And I get to, like, maybe maybe give it a cuddle, ride it around a bit. That sounds but lovely. Like, but, like, it, like I, I, I would operate out of a bus, which the dragon lives in. <laughs> a bus? <laughs> yeah, why not? It's, 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 like, he doesn't want to fly everywhere. He's tired. He's, he's been stealing horses all day. Dragon. Oh, well, I'm really tired. Can I go for a nap in the back? Yes, you can, dragon. And you pop, thank you. And, like, he goes You're in there and... He turns around like a cat in a box, dragon's tail, <laughs> <laughs> just getting nice and comfy, and then and then sits down and like he's got he's got his head in the bit where the passengers walk on the bus, so I can fuss him while I'm driving. Yeah, that be but obviously behind the line for safety. Well, that's that's more of a like a like a like a council ordinance thing. I think we can we can relax it. I think I think if, I think if the bus crashes, it's going to come off worse than the dragon. Um, yeah, well, you and the bus are going to come off a lot worse. That's true. Although I have, I have had half, have half my heart implanted into the dragon in the dragon heart style. So as long as he lives, I cannot die. <laughs> also, does, I'm a does big that idiot. Mean your body can't be wrecked. Oh my god, it's awful! It's just the heart, <laughs> <laughs> just just the heart connected to my central nervous system. <laughs> oh, kill me! Oh. I, I'd think. Ah, probably shouldn't be. Yeah, precisely. Um, oh god, let's imagine how sad dragon would be as well. Oh no! Oh, that's really sad. Sad, stupid dragon. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah, that's that's how we make dragons again. That's how we make dragons cool again. You make them big idiots, big lovable idiots. Big fluffy idiots who are big, who are just too big for their own good and get into trouble. Capybara dragons. <gasps> oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on. Capybara, greatest of the creatures. 
the the king's beast. What what would you put on a dragon the way you put wading birds on a capybara? Kobolds. For a start. Mm, too small. Um, kobolds would be kind of cool though. A hydra. I'm down with kobolds. I've changed my mind. Okay. Because the because I'm, I'm figuring like like birds, birds technically aren't smarter than cappies, but they are faster. Yes. I'm just imagining this big old dragon, oh, no, just sort of just sort of toddling along as, as as the kobolds are sort of getting it to do stuff. Yeah. Hey, let's go. Let's, let's go ransack that town. Oh, okay. Sounds like fun. <laughs> oh, that's great. Which which town? I can see two. That one. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't see where you're pointing. I'm. Just, I'm. I'm going to have a nap. Okay. No. Bring me, bring me a, bring me a van full of coffee. We've run out of towels for the spa. <laughs> They're all covered in piss, and I can't get it out. Is that a, is that some sort of dragon over there? I'm really worried about it. it looks like it's going to come over here and ransack the spa. As long as it pays, I don't care. <laughs> let's call, let's call an end to this. Let's call an end to Fine. this. Fine. Um, no, it's fine. It's okay. Sorry, head top. It was top, top of the goblin, isn't it? Yeah. Top, middle, and bum. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this, please do come to our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends, where you can give us a little bit of money per episode, which means we get to keep doing this, which is really nice. You lovely, delicious people. Yes, thank you. Also, if you want to ask us some questions, you can send us an email. It's heartydicefriends at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at hdfpodcast.com. Um, and send us, send us a question through that, which is nice. Keeps them short, keeps them snappy. Also, if you follow us on Patreon, you get access to our Discord, which is nice because we have lots of nice people hanging out there chatting. Uh, currently in the Discord, we have oh, we've got a tapir thread. He's got pictures of tapirs. Because have you seen their alien tongues? My God, those tongues are a problem. Oh, I don't like that tongue. It's an issue, isn't it? Because I really like the tapir. Yeah, but then that's hmm. That is problematic. If you want to have what you presume about tapirs to be proved utterly false, come along to the Discord and hang out. Um, and yes, please keep sending us questions because we love answering them. And that's us. Anything else, Chris? No, I think that's everything. Um, Good. We don't have to plug the Kickstarter because it's done. We've done all. We, have, we will have to start plugging the pre-orders from next week. <laughs> <laughs> that's next week, Grant. Let the people week. off. Thank you so much. We love you so much. We think you are great and would like to carry you around in a basket and show you the neighbourhood. Oh, come, come see my town from the views from my papoose. Mm, see, here's, here's, here's a kebab shop. Here's a second kebab shop with a similar name. <laughs> Great. I don't, I don't live in a very interesting area. None of us do. You live, you live in the woods. I do live in the woods. Okay. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.